Wisconsin Transition Talks with Brian and Stacey. I am Stacey Duffy, the Transition Specialist at CISA2. And I'm Brian Kenny with the Transition Improvement Grant. Well, today we have Jen Hilgendorf with us from the Transition Improvement Grant, which is kind of odd because I'm with the Transition Improvement Grant and also supports school districts in CISA1. Jen holds a bachelor's degree in both regular and special education. And I did not know that about Jen, that she was a regular education teacher. So I just learned something. She also has a master's degree in administrative leadership and higher education administration. Jen has been working in the field of education for 12 years. She has worked in urban, suburban, and rural schools and has worked with students ranging from middle school to post high school. Uh, Jen is committed to increasing post-school outcomes for students with disabilities relating to employment and education, as well as increasing graduation rates for students with disabilities to reach their post high school outcome goals. So today we're going to be talking about early warning systems and opportunities for schools to utilize data to increase youth outcomes. So for our listeners who may not be very familiar with the dropout early warning systems tool um, to get data, also known as dues, Jen, can you just provide us with an overview of the due system? Absolutely. So the dropout early warning system is this great data collection tool that is available to all school districts and they can access it through wise dash for districts and what it does is it allows districts to be able to review and then identify students who may and i want to really hone in on the word like may be at risk for not graduating in four years or maybe a greater risk for dropping out so it really provides the district um, very good data points can you talk a little bit about the history of the dropout early warning system, where it originated from, and sort of how it made its way in, into the state of Wisconsin? Absolutely. So initial research was done by Dr. Robert Balfans, and he worked out of the Everyone Graduate Center, which was part of Johns Hopkins University. And what he was really trying to find out is how how school districts could identify or get information about students who may be at risk of not graduating. And he, through his research, really wanted to find some valid data points because he knew that if you could find those valid data points and really be able to take a look at those as well as the students, just every, every part, every facet of the students that um, you could intervene at an earlier age. So through that research, one of the things that he found was the key moment where students start to go down like a path that may put them at risk of not graduating or dropping out was in middle school. And knowing that information helped us to think about the fact that if we intervene earlier, we can, we can support students so that they can be successful once they get to high school. So some of the points that he found through his research was in middle school, if students had a grade of F in either math or English, had demonstrated attendance below 80% or demonstrated unsatisfactory behavioral grades on the report card that they were um, at a greater risk of dropping out of high school. 
once students got to high school, one of the things that he found through his research was ninth grade really became that make or break year. And if students were struggling in ninth grade, that they were at a greater risk once they got to 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. And some of those struggling points that he found was if students earned fewer than two credits, if they demonstrated attendance below 75%, and if they were earning a grade point average below a 2.0. So from that information, they were able to identify some factors that school districts could look at. And then from there, the American Institute for Research dug deeper and found that if schools could use that information to identify students who were struggling and provide evidence-based interventions to them, that they were seeing increased likelihood that the students were successful and engaged in high school and pushed them to reach that graduation point. So I guess the big takeaway from both, both of those bodies of research was that that early intervention piece was key to helping support students because districts were able to be proactive rather than reactive and just trying to catch students up. That then came to the Department of Public Instruction because they were one of the case studies that American Institutes for Research, they were one of the case studies that the um, American Institutes for Research did to identify how this could be put into practice. So the Department of Public Instruction developed the dropout early warning system. Jen, you brought up um, a really powerful word. You talked about proactive versus reactive. And I know when I've, um, when I've been, you know, utilizing dues with school districts um, in my work, it's always been a really good conversation, an eye-opening conversation. What are some of the proactive things in your statewide work that you've been seeing school districts do when they encounter students that might have higher risk scores? Can you give some examples or maybe talk about how a school district should react proactively when they have high risk scores for students, especially early in middle school? Yeah. And I think that's the important piece is that early in middle school. So having that information at your fingertips starting in sixth grade really allows school districts to identify students who could benefit from some evidence-based interventions. Um, So some of the work that I've been doing with school districts is really helping them go through and be able to review that data and identify where, who, first, who are the students that are struggling or are at a greater risk? And from there, then, identifying what their needs are. But it's important to know like that data piece is a really intended as a starting point for inquiry and that it should help to facilitate a discussion, but we know there are so many other factors in students' lives. So really pushing the district to have more student-centered meetings that talk about not only the data, but what are other things that are coming up in the students' lives. And then from there, identifying what are some supports that the school districts can put in place to help support the student. So I help to coach them in identifying some evidence-based interventions that they can use. But one of the big things I think that's really important is making sure that they are looking at the students as individuals and figuring out what they and what the family need to help support the student being successful in school. 
So, Jen, we know we know now what dues stands for. It's just another one of our um, acronyms to add to our uh, our growing list. So, dropout early warning systems is dues. Can you talk about the the areas that are looked at within the components of dues in terms of the data itself, the four key areas? Yes, absolutely. So the first area is attendance, and that's looking at the students' attendance in the prior um, the prior school year. And as they're looking at attendance, um, students who miss 12 or fewer days of school for any reason in the prior school year are given like a low risk score. Students demonstrating 12.5 up to 20 days of absence in the prior school year are given a moderate risk score. And then students greater than 20 days of absence in the prior school year are given a higher risk score. The second area that they look at is the number of days removed from the classroom for out of school suspension or expulsion in the prior year. So then when we're looking at the breakdown there, students who have been removed from school and from their classroom environment for an out of school suspension more than a half day up to three days in the prior school year were given a moderate risk. And then students suspended or removed from the classroom three or more days in the prior school year were given a high risk. Um, the next area that they look at is mobility. So the number of moves that a student has in the prior school year. So when we think of moving, that could be in a large district, moving between schools or moving between districts. And the reason why mobility plays such a strong factor is because we know that every single time that a student comes to a new school, they have to build new relationships and they have to build new structures and new um, develop new levels of trust with different adults. So we know that that mobility does put students at a higher risk of not being engaged in school, therefore greatly increasing the chance that they may drop out of school. So students who change schools once in the prior school year would be given a moderate risk score and students who change schools in the prior year more than once would be given a higher risk score. And then the last area that it looks at is performance on the Wisconsin Forward Exam in English Language Arts and Math in the prior year. And this um, qualifier is a little different than the other ones because the other three areas have like very specific cut scores Whereas the dues assessment, it's students who score within one standard deviation of the median score on reading and math below their peers um, is what helps them to identify a greater risk. And the scale score ranges vary from year to year based on the comparison to their same age peers. So those are the four areas that the the dropout early warning system looks at, and you can review all of those areas separately. But what it does then is it takes those four factored areas and creates a dues outcome, which is a sort um, like a short assessment of a tier of risk. So low risk, moderate risk, and high risk. So what it does is it takes the information from those four data points and creates um, creates a rating that takes the due score minus the margin of error to identify a percentage point. So zero to a hundred. And then 
zero meaning the a zero percent chance of a likelihood of graduating in four years and a hundred percent meaning a hundred percent chance of the likelihood of graduating within four years so it personalizes those scores and really identifies where students fall in low moderate or high and there is great information available on the dpi website that like provides a more of an overview about how that score is calculated, as well as those four areas I just went over. So I'm wondering if that's something maybe we could share along with this podcast if people want to dig deeper. But I think the big piece is that it it just helps to identify where students might fall to begin again that conversation or begin that inquiry that we had talked about before. And yes, we can absolutely include those resources. So thank you uh, for that. And you know, as we talk about data, we know that it is very valuable and extremely important. But then what would be the next step for districts in terms of utilizing this data or information to improve student success and outcomes? What would be their next move with it? So when I have been coaching districts, what we do is we identify students who fall in that high or moderate risk factors. And then we start to look at, are there students or groups of students that we feel are are um, at a greater risk. So we also break down based on race, based on social or socioeconomic status, based on disability type, and identify are there students who are being marginalized within the district. So that that has allowed us to take then some steps of looking at practices as a whole within the district and has helped to facilitate some of that conversation. So that is definitely something that I would recommend doing. But then also from there, looking at individual students, who are students that we need to provide more specific interventions for, and really making that become a team approach to supporting a specific group of students who we know are at a greater risk of dropping out. So having frequent meetings, data meetings about students where they're getting together and looking at data points and then also looking at other factors that are coming up for students, then identifying what are needs that the students and the families may have and providing those supports or interventions based on the individual needs of the students and using the data that we just talked about to really track are those interventions working for the student. This is definitely not something that is like a sit down and identify the students and then create an intervention and send them on their merry way and they're going to be fine. Like this is something that allows for ongoing support. So I, I definitely push my schools to meet more frequently about the students and have discussions on what they are implementing is that being supportive to the student. So, Jen, just to kind of piggyback um, Stacy's question, you know, we talked about um, how school districts can use this information and how they can be better informed and and talk about um, working with students who are marginalized. How often and maybe talk about the frequency and how often school districts should be meeting. And you talked about that team approach. How often should they meet and and talk about their due scores? Because we're gonna assume that it's probably updated on an annual basis, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the due scores are updated annually, but there are those factors that we went over before, 
the due scores pull from the previous year, but there's nothing to stop the district from tracking that information of students through their own student information system. So schools are capable of being able to track attendance rate of students, students' grades. And that's one of the things that like I have had them look at is when students are earning a D or F, we know that that's going to put them at a risk of failing the class or not earning those needed credits. So having them take a look at that. Um, setting up structures for when student, new students are coming in to, to um, onboard them and make them feel connected. And then also um, with disciplinary infractions. So being able to track those disciplinary infractions and talking about like what, conducting some root cause analysis around that. Why, why are those disciplinary infractions happening and providing um, like, providing support to the school or the teacher that they may be seeing those infractions are happening more frequently. So it really allows for some greater discussion that piggybacks off of what, they're, what they have learned from the dropout early warning system. I definitely think more frequent meetings is important. So pushing them to meet every other week or once a month to be having student-specific discussions. And we think about that. And I know that that um, that is a, a common practice in many school districts is having like an intervention team or a behavioral support team. But using this information during those teams is a natural way to be able to start implementing some of the strategies that we can, we have learned out of the early warning research. So if I'm a listener brand new to all of this and saying, hey, you know, this would be great for our district. Like I, we're interested in getting some coaching around this. How or what is the next step for them? How do they contact you? How do they get in touch um, with the transition improvement grant coordinators? Sort of if you could just walk us through how a district could uh, reach out if they are interested in additional coaching. Absolutely. So we do have our contact information on the TIG website. Um, and if, if they are interested in learning more about this specifically, they can definitely feel free to reach out to their TIG coordinator in their region or reach out to me to gain more information about this. Um, they can also review the dropout early warning system resource that we are sharing along with this podcast. And the last thing that I would suggest that they do as, you know, they're starting to go down this road is looking for places that they can naturally be, be having these data meetings, because I'm, one thing that I found in my coaching with school districts is that there are adults meeting to talk about increasing opportunities for students or looking at providing additional supports to students through RTI or through um, other other groups within within the district. So I really would recommend having a conversation of like where this could be a natural data point that is included in current team meetings that are happening. And that's one thing that I've really been coaching my schools to consider doing. You know, Jen, this is a, a wealth of information for school districts. And uh, thank you so much for, for sharing about um, one thing that I've discovered in my time working with Jen uh, collaboratively is she's very passionate 
there's there's no resting on our laurels when it comes to helping school districts identify the why and finding the root cause and dropout early warning systems data is crucial to being able to discover some of those things uh, to help in, increase youth outcomes. We've been, Jen's been working with national partners on a regular basis and always pushing the envelope. Uh, one thing that we want to ask you, Jen, is what's going to be Jen Hilgendorf's legacy? Oh gosh. We told you we were going to ask you a tough question. I hope that through this work and through the great opportunity, I feel like we're given through working for the transition improvement grant to be able to be in it with schools, but also allow them to grow on their own from the information that we're sharing with them. I hope that work that we're doing will increase opportunities or meeting graduation rate for students who have been marginalized in the past. I think it's no secret that in Wisconsin, we have large gaps in graduation rate for students with disabilities and students based on race, particularly um, black students in Wisconsin. And I, I hope that this work that we are doing with school districts in Wisconsin can help to close some of those gaps for students who have been marginalized. Well, Jen, Wisconsin is very lucky to have you um, leading this work. Uh, we we want to thank you for taking time to talk to us today about the Dropout Early Warning Systems tools. We hope that our listeners will rush back to their school districts and collaborate with partners to maybe start using some of this data. And um, this will be a wrap on episode 16 of the Wisconsin Transition Talks with Brian and Stacy. And we hope that you have a great day. We will be in sure to include um, some of Jen's resources. And if you are interested in the Transition Improvement Grants website, uh, it is www.witig.org. You can go to the contact list on our website to find um, our Transition Improvement Grant coordinators. And we hope you have a great weekend and uh, go Badgers. Badgers are in the NCAA tournament for those of you that might not be aware. And this is the Wisconsin transition talk. So we have to make sure that we cheer for our Wisconsin Badgers in the NCAA tournament. So go Badgers. Yeah, go Bucky. Have a great weekend, everyone.